Welcome to the Black Cast. Here we are, assembled, much like the Avengers. This is a very, very big uh, crossover episode here for the Black Cast. Because not only do we have myself on Twitter, at Christian DMZ, on the other side of the glass, Captain EO, at Jeff Duray, and of course, at Will Sterling underscore, who I may turn off his mic because he's eating fucking pork rinds pork in front rind. of a microphone. That's great. Pork nobody rind. nobody wants to hear that. Well, Go ahead. Turn off no, no one's interested. <laughs> Everybody loves the Ninja Turtles. But... Crossing universes to join us here in the Black Cast from the Tomorrow Show universe and from the AfterBuzz universe. Uh, my pal Roxy Stryer on all social media platforms at Roxy Stryer. Thank you, Roxy, for being back here on the Black Cast. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, and uh, one of the first things I want to talk to you about, I think I'm the only one that saw it. I want to talk to you about literally a world's finest moment, which was yeah. the recent crossover between Supergirl and The Flash. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, did you not even realize, Jeff? I've that been watching The Flash. I've never once watched Supergirl. Well, then you, you wouldn't have known. It. You would okay. not have known. They did not even mention. I it want on to know the how Flash. you feel about Supergirl, but maybe that's a later part of the. Well, no, we'll, we'll just we'll start off talking about the crossover because again, we're trying to start with the positive. Jeff says that we never do, but we always try to start with the positive. Yeah. we try to accentuate the. I positive. was just saying that we always are like. Well, what I liked about. So what I didn't like about yeah, the movie—it goes right there. But uh, so um, I watched Supergirl a little while and then kind of fell off. But when I heard the Flash was going to be on, I'm like, great! I, I want to see that. I love team ups. I love superhero team ups. I love TV show crossovers. You know, things that shouldn't be exciting, like oh, Law and Order and the cast of Homicide. I'm in. You know, it's great. So I love crossovers of all kinds. Uh, Roxy, what did you think of the uh, Flash Supergirl crossover? So I watch both these shows. I watch every single DC TV show. And- And in general, I loved all of the interactions between Flash and Supergirl. I thought they were so freaking fantastic. From our very first moment we got with them where neither of them can understand how the other one would possibly not know who they are. Which was funny. Yeah, I liked that. All the way to the end where she literally throws him back to a different Earth. Right. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah, shoved you right there. Uh, (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, to be honest with you, I haven't watched it and I've been planning on watching it, but I guess it's out of the bag. Yeah, now now that you know that he gets back to his yeah. his higher rated, uh, better received TV series than uh, than Supergirl. Yeah, that's what happens. But yeah, I look. It was fun. I like the scenes with them, and then the scenes that you know aren't about them remind me of things that I don't like about it uh, about the show in general. Yes. Um, yes, which are many, but one of them is not. I think Calista Flockhart. <laughs> I didn't say her name right. Calista Flockhart is great as the. You know, the Perry White slash J. Jonah Jameson character. I love having that in any comic book series. Kat yeah. Yeah, Kat is great. And, you know, I, I like that she's smart enough to be like, I know you're pretending to be Supergirl. And then she's like, oh, I guess you're not Supergirl, you know? and She's fabulous. Yeah, I love her. That's, that's a great part. The part I don't love is, has, and we've said this many times on the Blackcast, it's not that Jimmy Olsen is black. It's that he's cool. And Jimmy Olsen should never be cool. He should not be a suave, cool, sophisticated guy. I actually think it works really well in this show for him to be cool. I think that Jimmy Olsen knocks it out of the park. It's a very different Jimmy Olsen that we're used to seeing. Yes, definitely. But uh, I think that they do an okay, okay it's job. It's not Jimmy Olsen. That's, what, that's basically what you just said. <laughs> no, it's it's different. I think that you have to know that, uh, obviously you do, characters evolve and they change. True. Especially in the comic book world. And when you are doing so many TV shows and you have to figure out what's best for this character, I think having a black Jimmy Olsen rocks. I think having him be cool is better than having him be a complete frickin' nerd typical Jimmy Olsen. Especially if she's going to be romantically involved with right. him. Right. That's where my that theory of like instead of like repurposing white characters and making them black, why don't we make unique new black characters well, and give them those motivations? What does it matter whether the character is black or white though? It doesn't. That's is that the what point. Makes him cooler? No, no, no. That's no. It's just because everybody's just like, oh, James. Everyone Olsen. quiet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Rather than Look, taking an that. existing character, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying, well, that's like, his thing about about it can black, be a black Wally. Actor, what is what the, is the black the Wally characteristics flash? of of Wally West or the yeah. characteristics of Jimmy Olsen are these specific things that have existed for 50, 60 years? Right. So rather than repurpose the characteristics and the purse the purpose for that character, just make a new character. If, the color, the race. The but gender has nothing to do with you, a lot of those parts. Him being used as a plot device, though, he is our connection to Superman. He's our way that we do get to talk to him. So That's make a why new character who has connection to Superman. If we oh, can make no, those no. Once you factor in, you want a Superman best friend that isn't Jimmy Olsen? Right. 
I, Which, I by the way, anybody. We it's did, comic books. You we can didn't, make anything up that you we want. Didn't talk, right, exactly. You can we make didn't talk last time about how poor Jimmy Olsen, uh, as J- Zack Snyder said, head. he apparently gets shot in the head yes, in the beginning of, of uh, Dawn of Justice. And so also, Jimmy he was for the a, CIA, no. He was yeah. originally supposed to be Jesse Eisenberg. Right, exactly. So, But anyway, um, so I was kind of reminded of things I don't love about the Supergirl show, Lucy Lane being kind of number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, her. Uh, I did like how much... Her nerdy friend, whose name I forget, it starts with a W. It's like, what, what is his name? The the guy. Oh, when? Yeah. When? How like he and Barry Allen got along so well? Because you're like, oh yeah, they seem really. They're actually really kind of similar, and of course they would get along. He was kind of like Cisco too. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was great. I liked that. I thought that that was fun. Um, and yeah, just seeing them team up. Uh, I look. I love superhero team ups. You know, I mean, Marvel used to have a comic that was literally called Marvel Team Up. Every month, Spider Man would be hanging out with somebody different, and I'm like, this is great because it's not always people that you'd expect to see him hanging out with. So, uh, I thought it was fun, and uh, it kind of reminded me that uh, you know she does a great job as Supergirl. I just I think my problem has been the not supporting cast, but you know the, some of the uh, some of the other characters. You know the the just the protagonists for her on the show, and uh, but I think she as Supergirl does a great job, and I it's just one of those things where I'm like, oh, I wish the show was better, but I do like that it's a superhero show on. Look, the CW has superhero shows on, but CBS is still what we consider a major network, so it it is a bigger playing field, and it hasn't been renewed yet, as far as I understand. No. that's true, Roxy. And right? all of the CW ones have right. Uh, it's so weird because it was originally supposed to be the first show that was renewed. We heard that it was already. Picked up for a season two. Yeah, I thought I had heard that. Uh, So I don't know what's going on. I know they're still making a lot of money, so it would be confusing if they didn't get a season two. Uh, In order to like the show, Christian, you need to embrace your inner Devil Wears Prada. That is is what you have to do. probably (laughs) right. And uh, honestly, because if you can't do that, then you're not going to enjoy the show. That is the part of like Cat and loving the uh, what, what she's doing as like a female character and the outfits and the coffee and the go get this for me and treating your assistant like shit like that is Devil Wears Prada to a T and then it's a Devil Wears Prada superhero show which I completely understand why people aren't liking I on yeah. the other hand happen to really enjoy it especially since they introduced the character of Martian Manhunter which has been right. so freaking which cool. Which I watched long enough that I saw Martian Manhunter get introduced and Will had bailed at that point but when I when I mentioned that, don't lie. You were like, "That's kind of cool." You're still not going to watch it, I don't think. No, I probably. Will. But you might go we'll back see. and watch I it might. because, because Martian Manhunter's well, on. I thought he like, was a bad guy, right? I left after a Red Tornado, right? Which uh, yeah, that was yeah, pretty yeah. early, actually. That, that was a was six in, episodes in, right? Uh, yeah, that was the time that a lot of people left. I think. I'm probably yes. just going to binge this when it comes out on something. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's CBS has their own streaming, so it's a little harder to find. Yeah. But it, after the season's over, you'll you'll be able to watch it, I'm sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's probably a great bingeable show because, you know, I, I didn't not. watch episodes that were terrible, but there were, like, moments where I'm just... Well, did you watch, like, a bunch of them at once? I watched from, like, even just three through six. Three through six? And okay. Well, the later... I don't know. I thought it was interesting, and, you know, that when... You know, her her aunt shows up and there's more Kryptonian presence. I don't know. I think they stepped up the stories a little bit. As the bit. bad guy? I don't know. Right? Maybe. I'm, like who knows? Two, you didn't it? watch. I don't want to give anything no, away. She's like a, maybe. Like no, I don't know. Maybe. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I know what you're saying, Roxy. And it's, it's a show that I don't hate, but there's just things that nag me enough in the back of my mind when I watch it. Um, but, I don't know. We'll see. I Look, I loved the fact that Dean Cain was her adoptive father mm. and her adoptive mother was, of course, movie Supergirl. So, yeah. look, I love stuff like that. I, you know, little little nods, a.k.a. Easter eggs and stuff like that. Uh, now, in the previous episode, uh, Will kind of referenced the Flash show, which I know he still watches, I but do. he's getting a little tired of. And because Roxy watches all of these shows for her role in DC Movie News, and I believe, Jeff, you also watch The Flash. I watch The life. Flash, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I stop watching The Arrow. Stop watching The Arrow. So All right, well, I. let's let's talk about The Flash first, because he's who I interrupted, or interrupted, introduced. Uh, so we'll let Will go first. Talk about what you liked about The Flash as it went along, and what maybe is giving you second thoughts now. Well, what I like about it is that they, they're doing a great job at using a lot of the obscure Flash characters and stories and things. Mind you... Things that have become popularized, stories and notions that were popularized by Wally West. By Wally West, yes. Speed Force, yeah. all these certain things. All the intricacies of Hunter Zolomon and Irbothan and Zoom and Professor and the reverse. I mean, Barry had these characters, but only 
to a certain degree. Right. And Wally from the you know mid '80s through the early to the like to 2010 really developed all these different. Things. So you like that they're digging deep and you know I and like it's that not it's being just... represented. What breaks my heart is that it's being represented as somebody who didn't experience it. It's okay. Being given is it to just Barry. the Barry Allen of it that no. is bothering you, or is now it the show what I itself? like about the show is that they do give me stuff that I don't think otherwise I'd be able to see. You know, there's not enough time in movies to really dig into Gorilla Grodd and some of these other things. So that's really really exciting. We're going to Gorilla City. I know, and that, again, that's super super <laughs> awesome that he gets sent to Gorilla Sydney. I'm like, yes, uh, but it's the it's the drama, it's the stiff acting, it's the just stretching a uh, uh, it's a CW show. You know what I right. mean? And, yeah, then, sure. and so this is sort of creeping into the super... That's what happened with Arrow, I think, for me. The first two seasons of Arrow were so solid because it really balanced that teen beat drama with DC Comics pretty well, and it wasn't enough to detract. And then through season three and now in season four, I was like, everyone's lying to each other and crying in every fucking episode. <laughs> and we're not DC Comics anymore. We're a CW drama. We're full-blown CW drama. But- and I think that The Flash is starting to tip the scales in that direction where I'm like, you know, things would move a lot smoother if we were just open with each other and told everybody the things that were going on and just had a fun superhero show like we thought it was going to be and didn't just make it this little sob fest all the time. Before we uh, throw it to Roxy, Jeff, your thoughts on both Flash and Green Arrow? Uh, well, I was or, just going to comment on the, on the Arrow part of it. Uh, season three still had me because Ra's al Ghul. So but I was like, a, it, okay. it was like, hey, let's take a Batman story and give it to Green Arrow. Man, Roz, and that was I feel like Roz is in a lot of things. Hey, though. you complain He's about Batman. how the Batman TV show Straight doesn't up. have Batman on it. Yes, that's, that's the problem. That's why you don't watch Gotham. That's a big problem. So, you know, you can't put Ra's al Ghul on Gotham. So he's got to go somewhere. So don't be angry that no, no, he's no. on Green Find Arrow. Find another DC Comics villain of which there are thousands. Who are as good? Who is as good as Ra's al Ghul? Give make a new plot line for a season that has yeah. something to do with the 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 fun intricacies of the DC universe, and not just go. Let's take a Batman Begins story and really stretch it out and make it Green Arrow and talk about all the League of Shadows. It's like the Green Arrow has never really dealt with those. These are all Batman things. In the DC uh, universe, they dealt with the League of Shadows, but sure. Deathstroke has been Green Arrow's. It wasn't always Deathstroke as his bad guy, but in I don't know since Identity Crisis, I think they had started this little feud, and it was perfect. And then they were like, "Let's just make this third season a Batman season." <laughs> uh, Roxy, your thoughts on the Flash series as a whole and Arrow as a whole? Yeah. So first, I have to say, in terms of CW, I am a fan of Nine Hundred Two One Zero. And Gossip Girl. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can't. Things, it's hot, I can't. Right. So I, I like to explain where I'm coming from. Right. So when I give my response, which I don't no. discredit. Yes. Right. So so that you guys know, I'm a big, uh, as the kids call it, shipper, which means that I like all of the little relationships. Oh, I see. So okay. Ah. I, I dig the ships. I get on board with that. I'm a lover of love and watching all these things and you're the an, turmoil. You're an Olicity person. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I here I hear that we like to start with the positives. You can't throw that out yet. Then if okay, I have we'll, to start we'll work the to the to the negative. Yeah, yeah we'll start work with the with positive. Elicity. Yeah. Um, so start with Flash. It's my favorite of the DC shows that are currently on. Mm-hmm. Watching Flash, Arrow, iZombie, Gotham, Lucifer, Supergirl, Legend of Tomorrow. I watch them all. Uh, but when it comes to Flash, I think that they have a great tone. I love their tone. I think that it is can't be in the best of ways. I think they know exactly what they are. And I agree that they do borrow a lot from Wally West. I actually am really excited to have Wally West on the show so far, even though we're not really utilizing him to his full potential. He's going to get in a turbine potential. accident, get the speed force and then be even faster. Because Maybe. Did, did you guys see this most epi- recent episode? No, yep. I'm like two behind, I think. Okay. I think something that happened... In this most recent episode, actually, is going to be what makes Wally get his speed. But that's a whole different story. Um, I, we've got a lot of speedsters going on there, whether it is the lady speedster or Jesse Quick. Um, now we've got Wally. Uh, there's just so much speed happening. They've got to be really, really careful with Zoom and everything. But I, I love what we're doing. It makes me nervous that it will turn into Arrow, though, because Arrow, to me, has very close to jumped the shark. Yeah, that's why I, that's uh, why I bailed. I loved Arrow. Like, this was the show that I couldn't wait till the next day to watch. I had to watch it that night. Felicity has... Close to ruin the show. Yeah, well, she's mm-hmm. just crying all the time. She's She went from being one of the best female characters on television yeah. to being somebody who is not only like sad to watch, but almost unbearable. I know. She is 
she is this person that I don't understand how we went from being this logical uh, character who kicked ass, was learning all these things, was helping everybody, to being somebody who's annoying and whiny and just not a part of the team that I want. She's so frustrating. So, honestly, I was hoping that she would be in the grave. We know she's not. So now it's like, all right, shit, they're going to kill off Speedy, who's my freaking favorite female on the show. Not that there's that many choices because they do. Laurel is a whole nother story. So I, I struggle with Arrow right now. I really do. Uh, and do either of you guys watch Legends of Tomorrow? I know, Roxy, you said you do. Um, I watched the first two. I have and, not watched it. And I was like, I just can't have a third of this. Like, okay. I can't have three of these. Do you feel like, Roxy, it's a good thing to have a third of, of that sort of feel? Or, or is it is it your least favorite of those three? Or do you feel like they do a good job at no, that? it's definitely show? my second favorite. Arrow takes the, Arrow, the yeah. worst case. Okay. Is it just this season, too? Because I fell off this season because it was just getting... It went from, like, we have bad guys and stories to, like... Our relationship. Are we together or not? You don't love me enough. Let's move to the suburbs. Let's move back. Well, I think the... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's why I felt that. And I think the reason I was just not into also Legends of Tomorrow was I was like, in no world are Captain Cold and Heatwave on the same team ever. Well, (laughs) no. (laughs) Never. All right. Here's the thing. You bailed too soon then. You bailed I, too soon. I'm talking about from comics. I don't need the show to be like, but you're wrong. Here's the way it goes. No, like, no, 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 no. No. Uh, you, you, you don't know where we are right now because what you just said is something you... I'm telling you, stick with that show. That show is fun. It is fantastic. It gives us everything that I want from the other two shows that they aren't giving us and in all different decades. And by the way, they I think they do a really good job getting their relationship right in the end. At first, I was thinking the same thing as you. And Will... Rory from Doctor Who's on it. You oh, can no. watch it for that reason alone. Uh, he, Rory from Doctor Who's on it, basically playing the Doctor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what's wrong with that? You saying just, Rory wouldn't make a good Doctor? It's just so hokey and cool. All right, and there's a bar fight for no reason, and there's just like all hey. this weird stuff going. on. I was like, what? What is there's going always on now? a reason for a bar fight. All right. Yeah, I loved that scene. Are you so. kidding? Uh, and Sarah Lance kicks ass for the first time. Watching her just be amazing. Laurel was really bringing her down. Well, let's uh, I shift. Fucking hate Laurel. I know. So I know. <laughs> but you tell you, and you're not watching Arrow this season, no. right? You completely. Well, I, I was. I was in. I was in. I was several episodes in, and then it was just like I just kind of stopped watching yeah. those episodes. They became my last priority, and then that usually means There's the ten death weeks of the show. worth of episodes. Yeah, yeah, and then I'm just like, eh, not nah, nah. I'll I'll watch. I'll search for something desperately to watch before I watch that now. Yeah. Right. I get that. Well, it's interesting, but what I wanted to talk about, and we'll have to shift universes entirely in our limited time that we have with everyone, um, we need to talk, really talk about Daredevil. Now, Roxy is completely through 11 episodes, yep. so we'll talk about it more general. Um, you got two episodes left. Yes, Correct. I have an episode and 40 minutes left. Yeah. So, so you have the best part of the whole season <laughs> left. I know. Great. But the I, best... Go, well, go ahead, Will. What no, were you going to say? Anything. Oh, you're just so saying I the best. It, no, I think it's cool. Like, all, there's a lot of great moments all the way through. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's yeah, hard it, to say it, like the end is the best. Somebody part. was talking it's the to climax. me about it's a great part. Somebody felt that Whatever. Jessica Jones kind of uh, fell off in the middle, and they didn't like it. I thought it was great all the way through. Love Jessica. Jones. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I really enjoyed She's it. She's my soulmate. Is she really? Oh my gosh! Well, yeah, the actually, same person. Yeah, no, I can I can see a lot of that actually yeah. now that I think about it. But I thought that look, I loved season one of Daredevil. I thought it was great. I thought this was even better, you know. And I didn't think that that's what we were going to get. And as I've talked to each of you individually, there is a big part of this which is uh, about a character that I loved when I was in middle school. Finally, getting to see. And obviously beyond, not just in middle school. Like ever since middle school, I've loved Fred Castle. Nelson. Oh. Foggy the Nelson. Foggy Nelson's a great character. I love the guy who <laughs> you plays love Punisher. Him. The Punisher. Frank yeah. Castle, the Punisher. Yeah. And he is so well portrayed in this show, right. and he has not been well portrayed in movies. Not by Dolph Lundgren. No, come on. That's not by one. Thomas Jane, and you not the Dolph other Lundgren, guy. Then. I don't even remember the other guy. Warzone name. is terrible. Warzone is awful. Uh, I would to, rather I watch thought, the Dolph Lundgren. I thought Thomas Warzone. Jane was okay, but uh, I was yelled I at. Too. I was yelled at for saying that. But. So Rob Lurch. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is this guy, and I guess he's from Walking Dead, which Roxy made me aware of. Yeah, but he was Shane. He's he, amazing. He yeah, does a great call. job. And he's been in tons of shit. And this, he's in Fury, yeah. Well, what, you know, he can be in tons of shit that I haven't seen, Jeff. Yeah. 
But anyway, he does a great job with the character. The approach to the character is spot on, which it has not been. You know, it's like, yes, he has all the guns. He blows people away. But we talked in an earlier Blackcast about a great moment about who Frank Castle is. And it's not my favorite moment, which I'll get to in a second. But when he goes into the pawn shop and he buys all the illegal police scanners and all that stuff, he's just throwing money at the guy. Right. He's like, you know, this isn't illegal. This guy does something wrong, but I need it. Whatever. I'll give him some money. And then he's on his way out and the guy says, what? That he has kitty porn. And so... Frank Castle's like, I can't, I can't walk away from this. Yeah. He has to lock the door and, you know, take care of him. And beat him up. And it's, I think he kills him. I Again, think I think it was more than kitty porn, though. I, well, yeah. I got we, the impression he was offering him a actual The actual 12-year-old girl. Touch, yeah. So even the, even the kitty porn was enough. But well, yeah, yeah, and then he keeps going and then he's like, all right, so he locks the door and, you know, puts the clothes sign. And it's like, yeah, look, he has a code. And when you think that he's just a guy who shoots other bad guys, but he'll shoot anybody, you know? It like one of the first episodes that we see him. He obviously could have killed Daredevil. He mm-hmm. shoots him in the head, but in a way that doesn't kill him, right. because he's like, "I'm going to stop this guy." Well, but I this guy's he. What's that? He trusts that his helmet is armor. Well, he trusts. You know I mean? He yeah. shot him in the between the eyes. He didn't finish him. He didn't finish him. Thank but you. He, but how could he have known that his? Again, I think this is like one of those little arguments where it's like if we focus on it, we can find a problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree with how that. did with that. he know? Yeah. I mean, like he wanted to put him down for sure. He, no, didn't. he didn't want to kill him. But he wanted why would to he stop have shot him between the eyes? Because he, he needed to stop him in that moment. Helmet? Anyway, my point is that You're he missing didn't... missing my point. No, I, I, <laughs> I get your point. I just disagree that that's the motivation. So he just knew that the helmet was yes, bulletproof. because he's that good of a shot. He's just And he knows who Daredevil is. He knows, He's probably seen him around before. You know, I don't mean like socially. You know, he's out a lot. He's probably seen Daredevil in action. Daredevil doesn't know. I mean, you know, he can hear everything, but he's not. he doesn't pose a threat. I was just waiting for the scene for Matt to show up in the courtroom in his Daredevil outfit, and they'll be like, uh... And he's Um, like, what? There was a great moment, (laughs) speaking of the courtroom, where they didn't really address it, but you see Frank on the stand, and Matt is speaking, and the way that he says Frank, there's this cutaway, and you... I, I don't know. The way that I interpreted it, maybe you guys saw it differently. In that moment, he's like... Oh, this lawyer is Daredevil. Like I, I think he. Oh, I got that in the hospital. Yeah, well, he definitely he was sure then though yeah. in the courtroom. Uh, what were you going to say, Roxy? That I saw it then too. There were yeah. little hints of it throughout. Yeah, the absolutely. But that was like a very firm, like okay, I'm positive now. Like he started to think it earlier, but then it's like this is a blind guy. This is crazy. But then he's like, oh, this guy is definitely him. And I liked their interaction together. And I'll let everybody talk about Daredevil in a second, but sure. but I'm just gushing here because I was so excited and. The moment in episode four where they're sitting in the graveyard just talking and Frank just kind of opens up and tells his whole story, that was one of the best scenes of television, period. Not just, you know, not just superhero television, not just, you know, no, that was great. That was great acting. That was perfectly written. It was very emotional, too. It's and like a 10 minute monologue. It was fantastic. Yeah. And that's what I love about Netflix. You can have a 10 minute monologue. Well, I think it goes to show the Punisher is a TV character. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. He works very well. And if we don't get a Punisher TV series, I would be furious. But anyway. It'll happen. It was so well done. And then there's another long scene much later uh, that I think Roxy would have seen, but I'm not going to give anything away. He's in a diner with Karen, and he tells another story. And it's like, well, there he goes again. Look at at sensitive Frank Castle tugging at the heartstrings. Those are two of the greatest moments of anything I've seen in TV in a long time. I don't know what to compare it to. So I think that he's probably... I, I don't want to make the generalization that he's the best, but he's one of the best characters that I've seen translated properly from the page to the screen that I've ever seen. Kind of the specific Frank Miller Daredevil. Though. Yeah, right? he works for the Frank Miller Daredevil. He doesn't work for some of the other uh, iterations of Daredevil. But the yeah, this Punisher is perfect on screen, and it's great to see him interact with Daredevil on this level. Because of you know all the rights issues, it's too bad because he's all he's primarily a Spider-Man villain actually, right, and we'll right. never actually see him interact with Spider-Man. But anyway, I will obviously let everybody speak about it. But since Roxy's our guest, uh, <laughs> I will let her uh, go. You know, ladies, 
not first, but lady second. Uh, Roxy, your thoughts on what you've seen so far for yeah. Daredevil season two? A couple things. Number one, when John was cast, I literally leapt for joy. He is such a talented actor, and this was the absolute perfect casting. There was not a question in my mind that he was going to knock this out of the park. He is so freaking good. When he wa- left The Walking Dead, I was like, shit. Like, just miserable about it. So uh, I was really excited. He didn't let me down. I think that he is as incredible as you think he is, Christian. Um, I also think that this was a perfect—I'm uh, two episodes—I still have two episodes left, but this was a perfect second season. It did yeah. exactly what you want in a second season, which is it had its own storyline, but it built on the first season, which is what so many shows forget to do, to remember to interact with your characters from the first season. And I love that we saw Wilson Fisk again, right. which I didn't think we would. Which Just, is exactly what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah, and it was so great to see him. And I'm like, yeah, I'm glad we saw him in prison. Because, right. first of, of all, I... Get out, yeah, well, know, of so. course he will. Because I love... Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as, pun- as the Punisher, as the Kingpin. I thought he was great. So to see him again was great. And yeah, I, I, look, I, I loved all the scenes with the, you know, I love that we saw Foggy. I love that we saw Karen. You know, I didn't even talk about Elektra, who I was so excited for the Punisher. It was always like second to me that Elektra was going to be in the season. She was also great. And sort of like we talked about, about Wonder Woman last time, is that they cast an ethnic actress and they let her be her ethnicity. I believe this actress is Greek, like Electra's supposed to be. All no, I know I is she... D- she's actually like French-Canadian, something right. weird. But whatever she is, she doesn't look like Jennifer Garner. You know, no. she's supposed to be Greek, and I'm like, I look at her, I'm like, she could be Greek. And it's well, just she, that simple. Right, her lineage yeah. could be Greek, but as yeah. she could be born and... Right, whatever it is. But I, I think that I was glad that they, they cast... Well, basically, look, I, I think Jennifer Garner is great. I love Dalius, right? But that's not the point. As they cast a non-Jennifer Garner type, I was glad to see. So uh, I liked, I liked that, yes, like you said, Roxy, they built on the last season, but then they added these great elements. She's Cambodian and French, just so we Ooh. know. She grew up in Paris. Wow. Um, oh. Yeah. I was Googling that as we, as we were talking. Oh, I've got quicker she, Google she, fingers. Yeah, she's got quicker, go- quicker <laughs> Googles, yeah. Uh, so I, I think that, like, you know, sometimes you get to a second season and it's like the relationship buildup that you had, whether it's friendship, love relationships, uh, enemies, you just completely forget about them and you're like, all right, time for a whole new story. This show didn't do that and that's the best thing a show can do, it remember itself. So right. uh, I thought it was even better than season one so far. I love those moments that you're talking about where it's almost like, uh, you could pick them out of the whole thing. I would just watch them as like just scenes because yeah. they're they're so incredible. Yeah, I've thought about going back just to watch that scene of uh, Frank and Matt in the in the graveyard because I just thought it was so great, and I just like I want to see it again. Yeah, and yeah. having a villain who is more of an antihero than a villain, but still you, he scares the shit out of you. That's exactly what this needed. So yeah, I, yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, no, no, it's great, and you will not be disappointed by the final episodes. That's uh, what I hear. Yeah, well, you'll see it, and you won't be disappointed. Jeff, your thoughts on Daredevil season two? Uh, I liked it. <laughs> All right, Will. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Well, I feel a little handcuffed because a lot of the, or one of the main things I had thought kind of occurs in those last two episodes. Okay. Do you want so, me to close my ears? No, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna think about other things to talk about. Um, I think liked about it. Baseball. Yeah, let's talk about baseball. No, let's no, think let's... about baseball. Think about. <laughs> Go Sox. Uh, exactly. Yes. See. <laughs> <sighs> I liked it a lot. I thought it was really solid. Um. Again, I don't solid know. Solid is such a dude word. It's solid. solid. Yeah, it is, it is just, definitely a dude word. But he's right. It was solid. solid. It was solid. Yeah. Yeah. I think of solid is like mediocre. It's solid. Mm, no. But to me, solid, solid means, means like, like I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. have any. I don't have any holes. I don't have anything to poke. It's solid. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, I liked it a lot. I, fa- I enjoyed it a lot. Because um, to me, so okay. <laughs> if we're gonna get into semantics. I was saying Batman vs Superman had a lot of holes, so I would not call that a solid film. It was holy. It was a little holy. Look at that, holier than thou. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> well, didn't like that. I did. Oh. <laughs> there you go. You can encourage me. No, but but it was a it was a fun movie. It was not a solid movie. So this was a solid season of the show to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like it. I can I can I don't know. I, one if I had to pick out one thing that. 
I wasn't the biggest fan of. It's the relationship between Matt and Foggy in the second season. I understand why it has to go that way. The wine fest. Yeah. Like, oh no. I yeah, don't want but all it's this just drama. Like, I want the cool superhero. Shit. It's like you know exactly why he's doing what yeah, he's doing. Why sense. are you acting like you don't get it? The I dude's out there that. being a fucking hero, yeah. and you're being like, but why yeah. weren't you here for our court hearing? Opening <laughs> statement. Right. Exactly. And I get that Damn it's it, really Foggy. more what about good his for, safety and. And it's really about just caring about someone who's essentially your brother and wanting right. them to be around and all that stuff. I get it. I get that it's about more things. But I guess that's just the if I had to have one detraction, yeah. that was it. It was just like, uh. And then uh, the other thing with, with Karen with her little like detective agency thing that she yeah. has going on. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was going to be a moment where we get a little bit more of Karen like looking at Matt and being like don't worry little boy like I'm solving these mysteries cuz I'm the detective and like, <laughs> right. we're all looking at her like <laughs> okay okay Karen yeah <laughs> whatever you say yeah. but but I felt like that was something that they kind of missed we never really got that like laugh at Karen moment for yeah. like thinking that she's the actual private right, eye of the company yeah exactly mm-hmm. uh, oh, and and I just feel like um I uh it just felt like you could have done a couple more things with that, or at least tied it into Daredevil, or just just throughout the season a little bit more. Yeah. No. Look, I I, I definitely understand those points. Uh, I I don't know the Matt and Karen relationship that happened and then didn't. I was like, okay, I don't know. It, yeah. it stopped and started so fast. I mean, essentially, but whatever. I just it, it, I my, hate love minor interests. gripes. Yeah. I hate love interests. It's my number one problem but with Jeff, those CW shows. Jeff, don't you love love? No. You I don't. mean, I do, but I don't <laughs> love it in this fucking okay. context. Because it's Shepper. Yeah, yeah, it's not, just yeah, like, you're not you're not uh team what would it be? Matt and Karen. Uh Marin? Uh, yeah. I am not Matt. Team Mark Marin. Marin. Just like it, Team Cat. Just yeah. to reiterate a point we were making earlier with, with Ollie and uh what's her face? Felicity. Uh, Felicity. Yeah. The whole time I knew that was going to fucking happen, and the whole time I was like, "Please don't make it happen. <laughs> Please don't do revenge. that. There it's is all, no chemistry all. there. Yeah. I get I that there's some thirteen-year-old girl out there who's just like, I'm a hacker. I want to be married to the to yeah. the Roxy's Arrow the thirteen-year-old like, girl. I should be together. <laughs> I get it. My father. <laughs> My father. <laughs> but no, not for me. Just doesn't not work for, for me. And that's fine. I don't have to connect to every storyline. But those are the parts where they miss me. And so I feel like a lot of these superhero things, I know that a, a big parts of them have always been in the relationships, but I feel like they get bogged down when they make the relationship necessary to whoever's writing it, but not necessary to the story. It's like, oh, but we have to have a love interest. It's like, well, no, you could still fight the bad guys and not have some girl that you're worried about in the background. Yeah, that's fine. You can do right. that. No, look, it's it's a I don't know, it's a fair point, but again, we're like looking for things to say that we criticize because uh, uh, yeah. you agree that it was great. Uh, and uh, finally, on yes, solid. solid, solid. Wait, solid. My, you can't see it, but my hand is in the air. Yeah, solid. the, the uh, Black Panther salute. So, uh, and finally, uh, Will, your thoughts on Daredevil season two, the uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, and keeping in mind that Roxy didn't see the last two episodes. I know there's a big part that I want to talk about. Go ahead, I'll, I'll block. No, but it's, uh, it's... We'll talk about it. You know what? We'll talk about... You know what? Maybe we'll even do a whole episode. Because it's one of those logic things where people are like, this okay. thing about Batman vs. Superman pisses me off, and I'm like, this thing about Daredevil, Daredevil, Daredevil pisses me, me off. I, we, I think we all know exactly what that is. I think is. we know what it is. It's all right. Yeah. You know what? We'll do a whole... You know, Maybe we'll like break down each of the 13 episodes but for I, people. I'm, but I, uh, I'm enjoying it thoroughly, and I do like the fact that we, you, know, you realize characters that work on the big screen and characters that don't, and it drives me crazy when I see people posting online about... Spider-Man should have his own Netflix show right before they give him his own like new movie, and I'm like, no, Spider-Man's a big screen. Yeah, Spider-Man's going to be in the movie. Spider-Man's yeah. not a television thing, so it's great to see the pun. I mean, anything can. I well, not true, but a lot of things can work in different mediums if you make them. But Punisher is definitely uh, needs this time. You know what I mean? You, it's hard to do that. It's hard to tell a two-hour Punisher story, that. yeah, and tell it well. Yeah, and the Electra thing too, and. Uh, have, give, everything gets enough time to breathe, and so I really like that. And I like uh, the the design of the costume this season because I thought last season it was stupid. When he Whoa! showed up in the very end, and he's like, "I'm going to take down Wilson Fisk." I was like, "Your suit looks so silly." I say, I thought I thought so it looked cool. cool. And what I think was this the looks difference cool. between last season and this? There's a lot more black, and it yeah. fades in between the two, and it looks a lot more mobile and a lot less. It just also it was very striking. The first season, he's in those black. 
Under Armour. I don't know what he's wearing, you know, for most of the season, which yeah. I really love, actually. There's that he didn't me, have the costume. There's kind of yeah. a part of that me that he looks like, like Iron Fist that, in all black. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's I'm actually like, oh, exactly I just what I love that, that look. Um, <laughs> but it looked great this season. Electra looks great, and everybody, I don't know, behaves the way I think that they're. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I imagine them behaving, and I, and again, I mean, I agree to a lot of your guys' points and, and, and touching on things from season one. Um, there's and, not a lot to dislike, I think, yeah, about this. Yeah, I definitely agree. And there's, it's so easy to dislike so many things. And, yeah. You know, which is why I really we, only have one problem. <laughs> well, you'll have to tell it another time, which yeah. is fine. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and, you know, Jeff was, you know, kind of digging around trying to find the stuff he didn't like. And, you know, it's it, it worked really well, and it's great. I love these Netflix Marvel series. We've had three of them now. And, uh, you know, uh, the two seasons of Daredevil and the one season of Jessica Jones. Very excited for Luke Cage. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. Where, do, yeah. where do you rank this Luke Cage season in your anticipation versus the three that we've come out? Oh, well, you know, obviously, honestly, ahead of Jessica Jones, I didn't know anything about her. I actually had her confused with Jessica Drew, who mm. had been Spider-Woman, who I understand, actually, the backstory is that Jessica Jones was supposed to be a Jessica Drew who lost her powers and, yes. you know, all when that. he pitched it, who, uh, who was, was that? I forget who that. Was that Bendis? Brian Michael Bendis? I, I believe you're right, yeah. And they were like, no. Yeah, you can't do that like, to her. Okay. Which, by the way, Spider Woman was hardly a beloved character. Yeah. You know, it's not <laughs> right. like you, you're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna change Daredevil. Right. Uh, so I didn't know that much about her, and I'm like, all right, well, I like Daredevil a lot. So uh, I, I would say my excitement for that was the least. Obviously, I really enjoyed it after the fact. But um, Power Man, aka Luke Cage, I thought he was great. I read comics in the age of Power Man and Iron Fist teamed up together. Yeah, so. I'm looking forward to, to down the season? road, yeah, to when we get to the point when they're actually the heroes for hire and working together. And I think that's you mean the last and Luke Cage works so well. The together. very last uh, scene of the entire series where they're high fiving and it's so powerful, it, like all the car alarms go off. Yep. That'd be great. You oh. kidding me? I would love that moment. But anyway, and by the way, let's just point out what we just did here. By the way, we we talked about all the DC stuff that we like, and then we jumped over to Marvel and we talked about Marvel stuff that we like. I don't think any of us is not looking forward to uh, you know uh, Captain America Civil War. Some of us disagree as to whether or not it should be Civil War. That's the next story. But, you know, it is entirely possible to like both. But as we saw in the ramp up to Batman for Superman, it was like, ha ha ha, the reviews are so bad. Marvel must be excited. Right. And, you know, I talked about how I, I, I don't see why that is other than, you know, maybe Disney is excited from a money standpoint. But it's like, no, it doesn't it doesn't help Marvel films for superhero movies to tank. So and we, you know, it can, you know Ebony and Ivory. Together in perfect harmony. That's right. what that's what the message is here. You know, you're able to like the DC stuff and the Marvel stuff, and they're different. You know, there's nothing wrong with liking both. You know, it's uh, I personally prefer Marvel characters only because that's who I read when I was a kid. That's and, why I'm the opposite. And exactly, yeah. that's Will and I are the yin and the yang. <laughs> but anyway, I love so Spider Man, I love some Captain America. Right, it's about it. I love the street sharks. I fucking, <laughs> I fucking love the fucking street shots. The street shots. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, for 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 this uh, portion of the podcast, uh, we'll sort of wind things down. Uh, thank you so much, Roxy, for uh, taking some time out of your busy schedule. Your you know hundreds and hundreds of hours of uh, podcasting that you do. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely, please. No, uh, it's it was, 102. It's 102 this okay. week. This yeah. week. Well, yeah, because she did this. So, but uh, and obviously, uh, you can be found at Roxy Stride. And yeah. uh, you can find both of us uh, at the Tomorrow Show, thetomorrowshow.com, Mondays and Thursdays. We have a lot of fun, and uh, we do drink on Thursdays. And uh, for uh, the guys here who don't know, why do you drink on Thursday, Roxy? Because Friday's for the men. Exactly. You know? Do you what? get to Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, you'd have to watch to understand why Friday's for the men. Do you work on Friday? Friday's for the men. You just... It's just for the men, you know. So that's why you drink Thursday night, Friday. Isn't the point of egalitarianism for every day to be for everybody. <laughs> Wait, no, Friday's second. for the men. Friday's, Friday's for, for the men. men to be drinking, or that's the Fridays. The focus is men, or like... Fridays for the men, Saturdays for the kids, and Sunday is, is for the old lady. For the old lady, Jesus. yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Jesus doesn't enter into it. He, oh. he, Until he, he takes the wheel. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. So, you know, the answers to those questions can be found at thetomorrowshow.com. Okay. All right. that's, that's all you'll read. Now you're curious. Time. Exactly. Yes, we want everyone answers. to be curious. And, you know, they'll also be able to see video of me slipping on a banana peel. So really, that's right. you know, who doesn't want to see that? Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, we're uh, going to uh, say uh, good evening, good day to Roxy. And I know, uh, Agent Starling, you also have places to be so uh we'll uh, step aside as we say and uh we'll be back with some more black cast right after this welcome back to the black cast you know there's so much music news going on these days just sort of overwhelmed and giddy with excitement and i thought of exactly who i would like to talk to about this and uh that would be my friend jessica also known as carson who has recently since the last time we've had her on the black cast relocated or actually re-relocated to nashville uh welcome back to the black cast carson well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be back and talking tunes, man. Yeah, especially because we're going to be talking uh, GN, F, and R. And, you know, even though that this is uh, the black ass, we can say what the F and stands for. But, you know, we're really big with the, the toddler set now that I have an eight-month-old. But, uh, first of all, talk about uh, being back in Nashville. I was only there once for just really two nights. But it was a fun town. And it's crazy because it's a great music town. But it's not just a great country music town, which I know you're also a fan of country music i know you work in country radio but you also you like to rock let's just put it simply so talk about how it's a great town for pretty much all kinds of music right yeah it's kind of crazy because i'm sure everybody thinks uh you know music's the usa and it's the randall operates here so twang town and whatever but there's actually a ton of rock music here like kings of leon live here and if you are into 80s hair metal like this is heaven this is your Mecca. I know everybody thinks L.A. and the Sunset Strip. Y'all, they moved here. Yeah, this isn't like like Mark Slaughter and I think Tom Kiefer. I'm almost I, – don't both of them live there amongst other guys? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark's here. Three-quarters of Cinderella is here. Uh, one of the guys from Skid Row just came here. Kip Winger is here. At least one other dude from Winger lives in Nashville. Um, Kelly Cady from Night Ranger. We know one of the guys in Tesla who lives about 30 minutes south, which, I mean, not that I know their addresses or anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm just telling you what I've heard. You've just heard, and, you know, maybe you invite yourself over to a barbecue, you know, Kip Winger's having Tom Kiefer and Mark Slaughter over. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I was invited. Hey, how you doing? You know, you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm friends with Kip. Just say that, you know. And, uh, I show up with a suitcase of beer, and they let me in. <laughs> look, that, you know what? But that's the way it should be. They're they're rock and roll guys. They should be fine with all of that. Uh, anyway, look, it's uh, it's a great town. I'm very happy for you. This was a this is a great move for you. Uh, talk a little bit about the shows that you do down there in uh, in Nashville, and I, I believe one of them's national. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Actually, yeah, both of them are. Oh wow! National. Okay. So uh, I chime in with Big D and Bubba, who are just like legends in country music radio, and they're on, I don't know, last count over like 70 or 75 stations across the country. And so I kind of come in as like, you know, the girl, but as you know me, I'm like 50% guy. So I'll <laughs> yes. talk about anything from Walking Dead to hair metal. Um but additionally, they brought me in to launch a syndicated midday show, and I am currently on, I think, 14 affiliates across the country. That's so. great. Yay! Yeah. And you know what? You leave, the, you leave the Syracuse area, and they end up in the Final Four. So all your fans there should say, hey, thanks. You were, you were holding us down. That's exactly it. I go, you're welcome. <laughs> Both teams are in the Final Four, so that's right. all me. And what I one of the great things about how excited you are for music is that you know you don't just like country music, don't just like uh, hair metal and rock and roll. Like you get just as excited the day that Garth Brooks has his pre-sale for tickets as you did today for Guns and Roses. Which the main thing we want to talk about is uh, this crazy Guns and Roses. Uh, you know, just all of a sudden the explosion on April Fool's Day. There had been this rumor for weeks, really, that they were going to do kind of a warm-up show for. Coach Coachella, which, as excited as I am for Guns N' Roses, still 
no interest in going out to the desert to see anyone perform and just you know sweat. It's all right. Even I'll, me both. Yeah, yeah I'll, I think you and I talked about that. We go mm, even GNR is yeah. not getting us to Coachella. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like if it was the only show they were gonna do, I would think about it, but then still be like, nope. <laughs> it's like no, I've seen them. You know, I I saw them in in their heyday at uh, Madison Square Garden and Giant Stadium, so I'm good. But there was this uh, small club show at the Troubadour. On April Fool's Day, on April 1st. And I'd heard about it. I knew it was at the Troubadour. Everybody thought it was going to be at the Whiskey. I was so excited. I'm like, oh, I have my, my insider information. As soon as they go on sale, I'll just like you know jump online and get them. Nope, you had to light up in the parking lot for the old Tower Records and wait for them to go on sale. I don't even know how many people were able to actually get tickets. You know what I mean? Because it's L.A. I don't know how many comps, friends, and family. You know, the Troubadour is a great venue, but it's maybe 500 people. You know, it's really yeah. small. It's like you're right up against the stage only because, like, the back row is, like, up against the merch table. You know, there's really not a lot of room to get around. And, you know, it, it, look, that would have been an amazing thing to go to. I just, I, as soon as I figured out how they were giving away the tickets on the card, so I, I will not be there. I will not be taking my eight-month-old son into West Hollywood to stand out in a parking lot for a couple hours and probably not get tickets because by the time I found out, everybody else already knew. You know, I didn't. I still say, had you shown up with him, they absolutely would have singled you out for a ticket. It's true. But you know what? They would, I think that they were wristbands, so they would have put a wristband on him. And, you know, I, it would have been too small for me to steal it. So Felix would have gotten to go, but I wouldn't have. So, That's true. But what a great story he would have had at his next play group. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, 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 no, I saw. I saw the uh, reconstituted GNR. But... <laughs> Look, it, it was it's very exciting, and uh, you and I were texting earlier today. We saw the the set list, which you know had a lot of the favorites, a lot of stuff you'd expect, but also a couple songs from Chinese Democracy, the album that they did without Slash. And uh, just thinking about like it'd be cool to see or really see and hear what he sounds like playing on those. So I got very excited about it. I was very excited on the same day on April first when. They announced the the on sale for well, the pre sale really for the stadium shows that they were doing, and then I looked at it. Uh, all the cities, you know, they had teased it before, and as close as they got was San Diego on a Monday. And I'm like, oh, a Monday? I can't really go yeah. down to San Diego on a Monday. And I'm like, well, what about Phoenix? Well, Phoenix is the Monday before, and there's no dates in between. So I'm playing a little fast and loose with my uh, ticket buying and concert going experience here. I'm assuming. There will be more dates in between during that week because I feel like if you're booked for Coachella, you can't announce another L.A. date until after it, even though it's sold out. I've, I've seen that happen with other bands. I might be wrong, but I, I've known other bands that have done that. They've had to wait. So I'm just going to sit tight and you know maybe I'll kick myself. But at the same time, it's like I don't know how I was getting to San Diego or Phoenix on a Monday. On a Monday. So, yeah. And I think you're right. When it comes to Coachella, it's something that you can't announce until after it's done. I think I've heard that before, too. And yeah. I've seen it with other festivals and either even other tours where they know that they're going to do something else in that town. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's CNR and they played the Troubadour. Yeah, they can't miss LA. Yeah, that's right? that's, that's not going to be their only LA date. Because yeah. Coachella is so far out in the desert, it's even past Palm Springs. It's not really an LA date. So I feel like you know, I didn't think I would ever go see a concert at the Rose Bowl because it's so huge and it's such the it's such a clusterfuck the parking and the getting out and the shuttle bus and all that. But I would see them at the at the Rose Bowl. This that's the exception. So I wouldn't go to Coachella for them, but I would deal with the awful parking lot at the Rose Bowl. I, that's the biggest venue here. It's like one hundred and ten thousand seats. I, I oh, suspect wow. that that's where it's going to be because we still don't have a football stadium yet. We have. We have college football stadiums, which the Rose Bowl's one, the Coliseum's the other. I'd much prefer the Coliseum, uh, not just because my wife went to USC. But uh, either way, I, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to hold out because, as you know, the Guns N' Roses fan club, Night Train, part of your membership is you get a presale password to buy tickets. However, you can only buy two tickets period. Not two tickets to each show, not two tickets to each leg of the tour. One membership, two tickets. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to use them on a show that I can't really go to and hope I figure it out. I have to wait. But you, on the other hand, were able to uh, dive in on that presale, weren't you? 
Yeah, I and I'll tell you what, I might have fired off a tweet at Ticketmaster earlier today. That, that's how I knew that's how I knew you were in the thick of it. Yeah, I saw that. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it started and actually because I think you're well aware, both listeners of the black cast may not be, that when it comes to ticket buying, I am slightly insane. So, because natural is central time, there were tickets in the Eastern time zone that went on sale at 10 a.m. their time. So, I used my code to unlock other places just to see what was happening. And right. a few times, Ticketmaster kept saying, uh, error, or we can't find anything. And I'm like, whoa, hold up. You better get this fixed. Well, three minutes into finding tickets for natural, you start getting that error message. Wow. And I, at the time, I think I was holding like 13th row center and uh so i was a little upset that those got let go and then kept uh you know jockeying my way through and ended up uh third row behind the pit okay so, i guess on the floor on the field because it's a stadium but right. third row off to the left hand side of the stage and uh we'll see if i keep those i mean right now i'm secure yeah i've got third row off to the left well, we'll see what happens as the show gets closer. Well, and you got to look at it this way: there, there's not going to be a lot better than that. Obviously, in the pit is better. You know, first row. You're in a great spot. You're pretty much right where the seats start. You're going to be able to see. That's not going to be a problem. But as we both know, a lot of times, all of a sudden, tickets just become available through people that need to unload them unexpectedly, and also the venues themselves just. You know, yep. release a bunch of tickets. You know, completely different genre of music. But uh, I saw Bruce Springsteen a few weeks ago, and I had tickets, and then I ended up having to go by myself. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to sell them because there's so many tickets online. People through like message boards and stuff just trying to unload. I know I'll be able to go, but I gambled, and then right after four o'clock, they released general admission floor seats, and I'm like, well, that's what I wanted. I didn't want to make any other person stand there for a three hour, forty five minute Bruce Springsteen concert, and the you know the hour and a half beforehand. I'm like, but I'll do it. So I'm like, yes, I wasn't going to make my poor wife do that, but I did it, and I was I was so glad that I did it because I was just like, I knew that you could do that but obviously if you're somebody like either of us and you really want to get to a concert you don't want to take the chance of not going at all you know you want to have something you want to have the little safety net so yeah odds are pretty good you might be able to end up in the pit or maybe even the front row behind it but here's the thing you know right now you're going to be there you're going to be at the concert and it's so great because you relocated to nashville in time for them to play nashville because Look, Syracuse is great and all, but they weren't going to play up there, I can't imagine, you know? Uh, no, the closest I would have gotten was MetLife. Yeah, in, in, in New Jersey, and where the Giants play. I, I mean, as you're well aware, because you've seen me at a CNR <laughs> show out in Vegas. Yes. But it's not that I won't travel, but it's a lot nicer when it's 20 minutes from my house. Yeah, exactly. And look, it's uh, so the whole thing is very exciting because, it, it, look, a Axl Rose has been part of Guns N' Roses the whole time. But for the last, you know, more than 20 years, really, it's it's just been him uh, in terms of the original members. And people are very upset that it's like, oh, where's, where's Steven Adler? Where's Izzy? And it's like, sure, be great. I, personally, I prefer Matt Sorum because I think he's a better drummer, but that's just, you know, my own preference. Well... And I will, and for, cause I, I'm bad, I read the comments, uh, but for everybody that's clamoring for Izzy and Adler, let's address them separately. Izzy didn't like touring when he was in his 20s. Yeah. Um, he sure hasn't, like, grown into it. And <laughs> yeah. Izzy is on really good terms with all the guys. I mean, he's been on stage with Bush, been on stage with Axel. Yeah. That's not to say he can't pop in somewhere. Yeah. Especially, um, especially with, selfish knock on wood, you know, in Los Angeles where he lives. But, you know, whatever. Well, and wouldn't that make sense? Which, yeah. if you guys get that, oh my, I'll be watching the videos on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Adler, let's also remember, folks, he wasn't even there for the illusion. Yeah. So everybody's exactly. clamoring for Steven Adler. Y'all, it's okay. Just like, I, I get it. You love the appetite lineup, but. You know, you really think it's not Guns N' Roses if Adler's not there? Well, yeah. you tell me you could be mine. Isn't GNR? Yeah, exactly. So, and, yeah. you know, look, it's, and we could talk about this about Kiss for hours. You know, people want to see Peter Chris, but he's old. His hands aren't strong anymore. He can't really drum. And Adler's had different problems. I'm sure you look at people are like, oh, I saw I saw Adler, you know, with his band at a club show and he was fantastic. And I'm like, great. 
But that's not a huge stadium tour with, you know, 20, 30, 40 dates or whatever. You know, it's it's a lot easier to maintain on, on that pace. So I'm okay with, you know, the only original members being the ones we... Re- Honestly, if it was just Axel and Slash, I'd be fine. I love that Duff's there. I'm glad that Duff's there. But if he wasn't, it's not like I'd be like, well, I can't go, you know? Because I saw them without those guys anyway, you know? And I know you did. You You and your brother went to Vegas to see them. So... You know, I'm happy to get whoever shows up, you know. I'm perfectly happy to, to check it out, you know. I agree with you. I'm right there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, honestly, it's funny because think about it. For 23 years, people have been screaming, it's not Guns N' Roses without Flash. Well, here you go. He's back, okay? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, we're good. Yeah. And and Duff's there, too. So what? Now That's you need Stephen Adler and Izzy Stradlin? Yeah. 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 <laughs> And where are the voices saying we need Gilby Clark? Nobody's saying that, by the way. <laughs> where are you with your pitchfork? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but look, it's very exciting, and it's great because, you know, look, there's there's some decent concerts on tap for the summer, but uh, there was sort of lacking the big one that me personally was excited for. You know, I'm glad that uh, Def Leppard are back at on the road because I wasn't able to see them last time, and I'd like to see them play stuff from the new album, which wasn't out then anyway. And they are touring with our friends in Tesla again, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um you know, REO Speedwagon, that's, look, I, I wouldn't have picked them for the middle, but you know what? How many of those songs am I going to know? So I'm not, you know, I, I can't, I can't even say like, oh, what a terrible, you know, thing to have in the middle of the lineup. It's just good to know that I have some, I had, there's a point where I can go pee and, you know, maybe get a beer or something. <laughs> you know, I look at it as, oh, that's when I can go backstage and hang out with people. Right, uh, exactly. I, yeah, that's the time that I'll, you know, I'll, I'll text my, my pal Brian Wheaton Tesla and be like, hey, Let's hang out, and then he'll e- he'll either answer me or not. But that's besides the point. <laughs> uh, but you know, speaking of uh, Vegas residencies and uh, Def Leppard, they're not playing in Las Vegas. So, do you think that there's a chance that they could be doing another residence, like you know, like Kiss did a couple years ago, and Guns N' Roses did before that? Yes. Could we could Leopard we get more Def Leppard? Two, Def Leppard did it in 2013 with Viva Hysteria. Yeah, um, and I believe it was Vivian Campbell that somebody might have asked him on Facebook or something. He's pretty honest on there. But somebody asked, and he said, "We're not playing Vegas this tour because we're doing another residency." And I think he might have referenced Viva Pyromania, which would be fantastic. Yeah, they'll play it front to back. Yeah. Uh, that'd be great, you know. I, I I love when bands do these, you know, these whole album shows, as long as they also play other stuff. But you don't even have to play that much, you know. The the Bruce Springsteen show I referenced, uh, it was three hours and forty five minutes, partially because on this tour he's doing an entire double album called The River, so it's like almost two hours. So if he only did that, it would still be a good show. But you're like, well, now I want I'm going to play all the songs you really want to hear, and I like when bands do that. I, I've seen Weezer do that, and I can't remember who else. I've seen somebody else do it. I like, I just like seeing a whole album. It's a cool little. It's a bit of a gimmick, but you know what? It's a gimmick that I like. So Viva Pyromania. Um, well, you know, don't don't book your uh, plane tickets without uh, checking with me and Felix. You know. <laughs> oh, absolutely! We'll I'm already. The, I, I went and purchased the Guns N' Roses tickets this morning, and then I was like, "All right, well, this has to be the last big one until Vegas next year." But then, of course, the rumors are that the Stones might be touring North America again at the end of the year. See, I didn't even hear that, which would which would be very exciting. Um, let's take a moment and talk a little bit about. Uh, Unfortunately, we're not as young as we used to be, and uh, we don't get to make rash decisions like taking my son to the parking lot of Tower Records to wait for the chance to buy a ticket. You were going to actually be coming out here to Los Angeles to see Iron Maiden. What yeah, happened? Talk about yeah. what happened to those plans and how it's, it's just a painful reminder of how much it sucks to be a responsible adult. Yeah, it's, uh, and I have really good seats. Again, went through the Iron Maiden fan club who treat those folks so well i've got great tickets and i can't go because my air conditioner uh blew out basically and i was told it's going to be about six thousand dollars for a replacement what and what it's a whole hvac system i don't know anything about this i mean you and i met working at nbc (laughs) i mean we've never had dirt under our fingernails it's true real adults it's true, um, and let's remind our listeners that you live in Nashville, so you're gonna fix your you're gonna fix your air conditioning. You know, I live yeah. in Los Angeles. I live in the Valley, for God's sake. If my air conditioner broke, it doesn't matter what it costs; it's getting fixed. Exactly. So, unfortunately, now this is also coming from the tip that just plunked down the cash for GNR tickets. But the idea that 
Iron Maiden to get out to California. And even if I was there for one night just for the show, between the plane tickets and then what Ubers back and forth, it's going to run me between five, six hundred, maybe seven hundred bucks. And honestly, as I prioritized, I go, I really love Maiden, but they're playing a ton of stuff off the new album, which is good, but I haven't listened to enough to really know. And uh, so I think I'm going to send the younger brother out there. He's going to take the ticket, and uh, he'll just film the whole show for me. See, there you yeah. go. See that? You know what? That works out well, and it's good. I'm glad your brother gets to still go because I know I know how much your brother in, enjoys to uh, enjoys to rock, as they say. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, you know, to rock. Yeah, get, look, get, getting older sucks, and uh, to have a smooth segue, nobody is realizing that more than Brian Johnson from ACDC, who uh, you know, there's some conflicting reports, but the short of it is he's got a hearing problem and was told, yeah, you got to stop touring with ACDC, like. No, you can't do those last 10 dates. You have to stop right now. And there was sort of immediate talk about somebody else filling in the role, at least for those 10 dates, or maybe them just getting a brand new singer entirely, you know, because they've they've replaced their singer before. But, you know, it was 36 years ago, so it's been a little while, you know, and. All of a sudden, in more recent weeks, it started turning into all because a DJ in Atlanta said it's going to be Axl Rose fronting ACDC. Everybody ran with it. And look, you know, people in the music industry, if you're on the radio, you do hear things that people don't. But the way that people ran with this, it's crazy because it was before they announced the Big Guns and Roses tour. And you're like, he's going to be doing that. Um, maybe he does some dates with ACDC to help out. But I don't think that that's his new gig. What did you think when you heard that? And do you have any kind of inside scoop? Uh, When I heard it and I thought, you know, with all due respect, like this is some dude in Atlanta. Massive radio market, don't get me wrong, but it's not L.A. It's not New York in terms of where the place where like stars would congregate, right? Yeah, and where you have connections with people at labels, people in bands who yeah. are going to tell you things. You know, and in then, Atlanta, you're not going to necessarily know. You know, maybe you'll maybe you'll hear something about Alabama Shakes, but uh, you know, you're not going to know what's going on with ACDC. Like, if you want the inside scoop on Luke Bryan, okay, well, I'm still not your person, <laughs> but I, I bet I know somebody yeah. who knows. Somebody. You can you can get to the bottom, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, if if we want to know if we want to know what Dirk Bentley wants for lunch, you could find out. Yeah, there that I can do. Um, but I did see TMZ had the pictures of Axel and ACDC leaving the same rehearsal space. Yes, in Atlanta, and that's when I go because I believe ACDC. I, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe the situation is. They had to postpone four dates, but they'd already yeah. sold tickets. They'd already sold te- tickets. They have 10 dates, and they're huge venues like Madison Square yeah. Garden, you know, and so, they don't want to refund just yet. They want to figure out what to do with it, and, and you know, look, I get it, but if they go on stage with somebody else singing, I would hope that they give you the option to get a refund, because if you're not singing with Brian Johnson, you know, if you're singing with Axl Rose, maybe you want to go, but... You know, pick somebody else that's not as well established, you know, like how Queen goes out on tour with Adam Lambert. All right. And so I'm just going to use an, an example. This is not what's happening. But, oh, it's ACDC with Chris Daughtry. You know, maybe you want your money back, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. However, to your point that if you pick your ACDC, maybe this is the last like 12 shows that you do. Do you want to go out with a bang and get somebody that's going to have the notoriety? Because like you said, getting a Chris Daughtry, it's one thing to see Queen without a Lambert because you know that going in. It's not that they spring it on you. But the tickets are already sold and you're going to make headlines and people are going to want to see it if you bring in Axel. And that's why it's not so far-fetched to me. And the tour dates would be just in the month of May. When Axel happens to be free, that's a good point. So I and you, we all know he loves ACDC. He covers a whole lot of Rosie like yeah. all the time. Um, so wouldn't that be interesting? And I'll tell you, if that happens, I've already like, I've got to find tickets for Atlanta. Yeah, right. Exactly. I know. I was very excited that I got to see. I saw ACDC for the first time last September. Uh, they played at Dodger Stadium. I was so glad I saw them. And when I originally heard that you know Brian Johnson was going to have to step away, I'm like, wow, that was smart. That I decided that this is the time to see them. I didn't realize it would, you know, I'd feel so intelligent so quickly. 
But, uh, yeah, I know if they started doing dates with Axel, it's like, oh, how do I see that? But that's, that's where I'm going to have yeah. to hit up the old stub hub. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Try to get them. Right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll keep tabs on that. And to keep tabs on you, Carson, you're at Carson on air. Now that matches your Instagram as well, right? It matches, oh my gosh, everything Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat for those of you kids out there. Uh, it do you, is, everything is Carson on air. It's do you periscope? Do you do that? Huh? Do you do periscope? Uh, I have. I don't like. Are people still doing that? I feel like Facebook Live has become. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I. I don't know. I mean, I have it, and I look at a few things. Like Norm Macdonald will walk around and answer questions from people, and it's entertaining. And uh, my my friend Ashley does it a lot, but. I don't, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I feel like I missed it. I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I, I'm good with Facebook and Twitter and, and Instagram, I suppose, but my head's going to explode if I have to get any more. But, you know, you're you're more in the thick of things, so you, it's probably good for you to, to keep tabs on it. But uh, And for me, it's basically, and Snapchat, I'm terrible because I always, like, forget to record anything on there. But I will tell you, it, I will always take either tons of pictures or even a little bit of video of shows that I go to. Or if I get invited to some big industry event, not that that happens often, uh, but if it does, I usually put it on there like, hey, look, see, I'm at something cool. Yeah. That's right. what I use it for. No, it's good. Yeah, I mean, when I used to go cool places, I would do that all the time. Now, every once in a while, I still, I still can throw something on there. Well, anyway, Carson, thank you so much for uh, taking some time out of your busy schedule and uh, I'm glad that uh, you were done with the yard work by the time that I called. <laughs> you know, more grown-up stuff, yard work. But, it is. It's a very, very exciting life that we lead. Once yeah. We hit. Well, look, you know, when the once once the tour is in full swing, uh, we'll we'll have to talk again and uh, compare notes on these uh, these GNR shows and who knows what else is going. You know, it's still it's still only April because so there's still time for another big summer tour announcement. I don't know what it's going to be, but there could be another one. You know, rumbling. Nothing as big as Guns N' Roses, but uh, there could be something else. So. But I will tell you, I'm going to see uh, your guy Alice Cooper in about five weeks. That's going to be a great show. Uh, yep. It's it's yeah, he's doing the, sort of like a theater tour right there, and you've seen him before, I think, right? It's yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. And like it was good to see him open for Motley Crue. That was great exposure, but it was a very short set. So getting him, you know, in his on his theater tour the evening with Alice Cooper, you're gonna have a great time. And uh, I expect to hear all about it after the fact. Yes, you will absolutely get the tweets and the pictures. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Carson. We'll talk to you soon again at Carson on Air. Thanks so much. Thank you. And we'll see all of you next time on the Blackcast.